0: You can change your life starting now. Manifesting magic in your everyday life with Kathleen. All right, and we are back with manifesting magic in your everyday life. And I will be back to talk about the manifesting magic in your everyday life in a little while. But I have Melissa Sweeney on the phone. How are you, Melissa? Can you hear me?
1: I can. Thank you. I'm doing well.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so... Let me just tell you a little bit about Melissa and then I'll tell you about the book and and what I've thought so far. So Melissa lives with her husband and her two children. She's passionate about normalizing network marketing and mental illness. And she is actually the top 1% of her company. And she looks forward to helping women understand that they're enough just the way that they are. Are. And, you know, okay, so I've been reviewing the book, Mompreneur on Fire 4. Like I said, it is a series. This is number four. I was in number three. I think they're all absolutely amazing and inspiring. And I am a little over halfway through the book right now. And I will tell you what I think of the whole thing when I'm done. But I just couldn't wait to get the word out there about how inspiring. These books and this book is. And so I had gone through Melissa's story today. Um, so honestly, this is something that it, perfect timing. Everything was here. And I was like, oh my gosh, like her story is so inspiring to the fact that so many people will relate to this as well. And I think a lot of people feel like they're absolutely alone in a lot of different things. So, um, Melissa, you're, so you were in mompreneur. On Fire Four, you are a co-author in that book. How and uh, by the way, is the number one best-selling book. All of them have num- been number one bestsellers so far. How does it feel to have uh, authored in a book and have it be a bestseller?
1: Um, it's kind of surreal. Like it hasn't really hit. I just wanted to share my story, and I've read through the book as well. And, and just like you're saying, it's incredibly. Humbling and inspirational to hear what um, a lot of other amazing women have gone to, gone through. So it, it, I don't think it's really sunk in. I don't really consider myself an author, uh, but I guess it, it is. I mean, it is. It is a best selling book, and I did write my. You did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you are a best selling author. Yes, I, you... I am a best selling author. Yes,
0: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um. So in your story, the one thing, and then we'll get into what you wrote about. You know, you had said that from the outside looking in. It looked like you had it all, right? I mean, everything looked like it was great. At this point in the book, you were talking about how you had just had a baby and you were a stay-at-home mom.
1: Yeah, so I um I mean, I think I've always struggled with depression and anxiety my whole life, but not fully really understood exactly what it was or how it affected my life. Um And then when I had my first child, I was really excited to stay home with them. I was a realtor before that, and I knew I didn't want that lifestyle of constantly being on the go and um, just, it's flexible, but you're working all the time, just on the whim of whatever your clients are. So I really wanted to be home with my kids. And then after I had my first kid, I just got hit with some pretty bad postpartum depression that I didn't even realize that that's what it was um, mm-hmm. until my second child and, and going to talk to a doctor. Um But I just had a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of feelings and kind of mental things going on with my head. Um, But from the outside, you know, my husband was a chiropractor. He owned his own practice. You know, we were, I seemed very happy. I I don't think that that many people, even close people to me, understood what was going on um, Mm -hmm. internally.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so easy to hide. You know, when when you have something like depression or anxiety going on, it's very easy to hide. It can you can even hide that from people that are closest to you.
1: Yeah, agree. I don't think I I think that a lot of women are ashamed and aren't um, maybe don't even know how to verbalize what they're feeling and thinking, or embarrassed by it, or anything like that. But a lot of people uh, close very easy to hide because you know it's easy to hide that way.
0: It is because you just smile and just go along. Basically, I used to call it going through the motions. I was a stay-at-home mom of four for years, and I had been so used to working full-time and and working full-time and then two part-time jobs when I was a single mom, but just doing my thing, right? And then um, when I got remarried, had two more children, stay-at-home mom, I mean... I really felt like I lost myself. Like I really did. And, and like you from the outside looking in, people would wonder, well, what's wrong with you? I mean, everything's just fine. You know, my husband has a great job. Um, everybody's healthy, uh, and then people, this is another thing. and I want to know what you think about this. Oh, you're a stay at home mom. Almost like you're just sitting on the couch, uh, eating all day and chilling with your children. And that is so not the case. I personally felt like I was on 24 seven because you are, I was losing myself in the process. So it's, I think when you go outside, you just put a smile on so yes. you, you can yes. actually fall deeper into whatever kind of feelings that you have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I I was isolated and, and losing myself. But then, you know, I was going to all the park things with my daughter and I was still doing things. So I didn't really fully understand that. In my mind, I thought depression was like laying around crying and like moping. And, you know, I wasn't doing that. I was still functioning, but it was, but I was, you know, suffering. Hmm. Um And I was suffering in silence because I wasn't fully aware of what was going on as far as how it was affecting me and my family. And on top of that, easy to put on a smile. I mean, I think a lot of people that knew me during that time would have no idea I was even going through any of this stuff because it was easy for me to fake it. Yeah. So you finally
0: went and saw somebody about it, right? Because you had suffered, I mean, after your children, after having the children, like you said, you might have had some of this beforehand as well. But after having children, after three years, you went and saw somebody to tell them about what was all going on. Was it a psychiatrist? What What kind of, who did you go see?
1: So I had been, I had been to therapists off and on for, you know, a long time, Mm -hmm. Um, but I went to a, and I had been on medication for others like depression before, Mm -hmm. uh, but I went to finally go see a psychiatrist. I was breastfeeding. I breastfed my children until they were like three. So I was very concerned with getting on um, any sort of medication. So I just didn't go for a really long time. And with my second child, I finally, um, I just went in and talked to to a psychiatrist. And after I explained what was going on, how he's feeling is when he's like, you've got some pretty bad depression, and I, I'm like, I'm, but I'm not, I'm still functioning. You know, I didn't, I didn't really grasp what. Um, I just thought I was anxious. I basically went in there because I'm like, I think I'm really anxious, and that was how I was describing what I thought I had. And when I really kind of talked through what was going on, he's like, "You are anxious, but no, you have some pretty." got depression as well. And I just didn't, I didn't fully understand what all of it was.
0: And so then some of that was because it was postpartum depression, possibly it got worse because of the hormones and all that stuff with pregnancy. Yes. And, and you, I, I like, well, like what you said there, but yeah, it's true. I do like what you said about, you know, you thought that depression and postpartum depression, that everybody would be possibly laying around all day and that they couldn't get out of bed. And yes, while some women do have that, and that's got to be so hard, um, you were able to get up and move around and do your thing because you knew you had to. Yeah. And so you didn't. That's
1: actually what he said. He said, I'm actually very fortunate that I'm able to do all I was doing with what I was going through.
0: You felt like everything had to be perfect. Right. So you're a stay at home mom and your house was starting to be a little bit messy. Um, when you got your kid, you take, you put something away, they take it out. You put it away, they take it out. And then you have to feed them, you clean it up and you feed them again. That's just the cycle. Right. So nothing's ever always clean, but that's something that you had a hard time with because you felt like everything needed to be perfect.
1: Yeah, I really felt like it wasn't, It was. it's weird because if you, I'm not like a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I am in some sense, but it was more that I thought it, I in my head thought it was reflecting that I was a bad mom if I couldn't keep everything together. So if my house looked like a disaster, it was because I'm not good enough at what I'm doing for a mom because in my head, I thought that if I'm staying at home, I should have this like model looking house with these kids that are always happy. And (laughs) it was a very distorted, it's a very distorted thought because that's not real life. But mm-hmm. that's how I was just beating myself up daily internally. I mean, again, n- from the outside, you couldn't. No one knew that I was thinking all these things. But I was just daily, constantly beating myself up for like, oh, I can't believe it. I can't keep the laundry. I can't keep you know, Like it was just this all this stuff that's just floating around in my head that I wasn't even fully aware of, um, because I thought everything needed to be perfect. Or before I even had my child, I was like having to figure out. Exactly. Where would I sit when this goes here? Because I just didn't know what to expect. And that a lot of that is anxiety. I just didn't know what it was going to be like. So mm-hmm. I was over trying to plan what everything was going to be like. And, you know, you just don't have control over that.
0: Right. And when you're trying to be, quote, perfect or plan everything ahead of time, it, all that you are going to set yourself up to not live up to that expectation. Which then, in turn, if you're already feeling depressed or already having some sort of mental illness or, or whatever it is for that person, right, anxiety, you're just digging yourself in a deeper hole. Right. So there's no such thing as perfect. We all know that. Exactly. You know that now. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. that now.
1: I mean, I even knew that then. That's what's so weird about it. Uh-huh. I, 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 I knew it on some level, but internally I was still beating. It just goes to show how you just get taken over by... Uh, the self-doubt and all that stuff. It's all part of it. Yeah.
0: And you did talk about that some too, um, about how the self-doubt is what would kind of get you back into the cycle of feeling down. And it took some time to recognize that self-doubt so that you didn't go down that path each time. Is that something that really helped you with whether it be postpartum depression or depression, anxiety?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was a big step of learning how to do that and understanding um, kind of how to manage what I have going on, like understanding that this is a real mental illness. Like I have, I've had this off and on, you know, I've had it again since I had kids. Um, but really understanding that I can, you know, think through what I'm thinking and be conscious of the fact that, um, like check the facts, figure out if what I'm thinking is like just me being distorted because it's my mind in whatever I'm dealing with, or is it reality, uh, with what I need to figure out about what's going on and not, and just knowing that I'm prone to like the really bad negative self-talk, which I wasn't really fully aware of it Uh until I started listening to it and really like looking at what am I saying to myself silently that, you know, I wouldn't say those things to anybody out loud. You know, I, I just wouldn't say the things to anyone the way that I talk to myself. Um, and learning how to kind of re- retrain myself not to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so being aware is number one, right? Being aware that you're saying you're talking negatively to yourself, right? Just being aware that there's something that you need to work on. The thing I love that you talked about as well was check your facts. So when you're talking to yourself, you would ask yourself, check your facts. So are you te- what, what you're telling yourself, is this actually real? Can you back this up with facts? Yeah. That's an awesome that question.
1: It helps a lot. Like I know like I like I said, I, I have a network marketing business and I am a leader with like a lot of with a large team and I went through a period where even though I had a large team I was doing very well, then I got hit with another wave of friends and I started doubting myself again, like I'm an imposter or I'm a horrible leader or I can't do that. Like all of these things, even though I was still climbing through the ranks, even though again, looking in from the outside, people would have no clue that I'm thinking any of these things because I'm literally leading and treat, you know, training other women how to do this. Yeah. But internally I, it just kind of shook me. So, um, I had to like go and take screenshots. Like when people on my team would say like positive things about me or, you know, I learned so much from this or, you know, something that would, I I would take screenshots on my phone of messages and put them in a file. So when I start going down that road, I go back and look at it. I'm like, no, I am a I am a good leader. Like I I can check the facts on this. Um, same thing as being a bad mom. Like I have amazing kids and um, you know they're kids. They all have their own things. Mm-hmm. But instead of beating myself up for whatever, I can I can go back and check the facts and and be like, they're very healthy. They're thriving. You know they. You know, just go go through and check the facts on everything that you're kind of telling yourself you're doing poorly at, or you're not worth it. Um, that's been incredibly helpful for me.
0: Yeah. So the self doubt is what you're saying. Once you are aware that that is what leads you down that path, you stop it right then right. when when, you, when it starts to come up. So that's something that's helped you. What kind of therapies helped you? What kind of things when you really got to that point that you thought, okay. I need to but you know it was maybe before you um figured out to check the facts and before you figured out that what triggers you is when you start doubting yourself and anything can make you doubt yourself it could just be your own thoughts making you <laughs> make you doubt yourself it could be that somebody looks at you a different way and you doubt yourself but what kind of therapies and things did you do that helped you to get to where you are today
1: Yeah so I did I mean I like I've been going to a therapist off and on for years you know since college Um, and what happened is really, I got, so my husband and I, you know, my network marketing business took off and my husband was able to sell his chiropractic office in Chicago. We moved the whole family down to Atlanta. My income was our family's income. Everything was going great. Um, and you'd think looking from the outside, we've got financial freedom and time freedom. And we got down here and my, um, girl, one of my girls got started getting diagnosed with sensory processing issues and dyslexia and, um, AED. Like just all these things yeah. that we were trying to navigate through. Um, and I don't honestly know what but happened, but I got hit with another, another wave of depression when I was down here. Um, so, and again, at that point too, it's like you beat yourself up because mm-hmm. you're like, why would I be going through this? Like I have all my goals I'm working towards and setting out for. I'm achieving them and yet I'm still feeling this way. Um, so at one point my husband and I thought, he actually found like a program of classes to go help learn more about depression and anxiety and mindfulness. Um Mm -hmm. it was an outpatient program that I went to for three months, I think, for like from like ten to four. It was like my job. Kind Mm -hmm. of we told my kids I was going to summer camp. And I got to learn everything about um I mean that's where I really gained the true insight and grasp the full understanding of what mental illness is and you know, I do a lot of mindful things. I was never good at self care. I was always um would feel guilty about it. I don't have time and there I really learned how important self care is and how uh it just I, I can it, I've just kept that with me that like I need to do things for myself to make myself healthier, like a me- better yeah better mentally, healthily. Where I'd never did that before. Um, that's where I learned about check the facts. That's where I got to meet Amazing people from all like you know walks of life that were suffering with all kinds of different things. I mean, I probably had the you know some depression and anxiety was nothing compared to what some people really do suffer with for mental illness. And it was very eye opening for me to um, you know watch people struggling and suffering and trying to get help and get through things. Um, so the therapies, I mean, I think that really having someone to talk to, that's a professional, is incredibly helpful. And you know checking the facts, but the mindfulness. You know, meditating, all that stuff I'm trying to incorporate more into my life so I don't get off balance with, um, you know, the daily pressures of
0: trying to manage. What's great about this is when us as adults and moms, dads, whomever, we put ourselves in those positions to learn how to deal with things that we deal with ourselves internally. In return, we we give that to our children. We then know how to help them in different kinds of ways, because we've learned different ways to deal with certain situations so that they don't become overwhelming. So, I mean, I'm sure that at some point when, if you haven't already, when something comes up with one of your children, you're going to say, check the facts on that. Is that real?
1: It's funny too, because another thing that's, um, and it, before every class they have you go through and like what are you feeling? And I had a really, really hard time figuring out what I was feeling. And I realized, like, my whole life, I'm just, like, things are fine. I'm happy. Things are great. That was my, uh. that was what I would say, but not really able to name or figure out what was going on inside. And there was a huge disconnect. So for a while, I kept saying, like, I'm fine. And they're, like, that's not a feeling. And so I really had to be, like, what am I? feel? Like, I'm angry. Like, I never used to just say, like, I'm angry or I'm mad or I'm sad. I was just, like, things are always, things are fine. Um, so I'm really working with our girls on that and it's been very helpful to validate their feelings and help them name it. I mean, they're, um, they're completely different children than they were a year ago because Mm -hmm. we, we are working so hard for them to help understand what they're feeling so they can, they can work their way through it and not just like stuff it down and, um, not know what's going on. And
0: I think that's very important. The earlier we can teach children, that how to deal with their feelings. And like you just said, ask them what are they feeling? because I'm fine is not a feeling. I hundred percent agree with you. I hear people say that. I'm fine. I, I know I know people personally that every time I ask them, the answer is, I'm fine. and I know that everybody's not fine all the time. So right. yeah, you know, we can teach that to our children to dig that out then their life is going to be so much different.
1: Even that it's okay to not always be happy. Like it's okay to be mm-hmm. angry and frustrated. Cause I think a lot of time with kids, you know, the parents get frustrated themselves and they'll tell their kids stop crying or, you know, they kind of try to tell them don't have those feelings cause they're too big, you know, too big of emotions. But if you can, what we try to teach our children is it's okay to be sad and mad and angry and frustrated. It's just how you deal with it. Like you can't hit a kid if you're, Right. And frustrated, but you can come talk or you can come hit a pillow. So we try to teach them it's okay to have all those things because I don't think I grew up thinking it was okay to be angry or sad or frustrated. I think I grew up feeling like I just had to be happy all the time. Um, and so it just carried on. And that's Obviously, a lot of pressure. Yeah, it is that, a lot of pressure. That's a
0: lot of pressure because you can't be happy all the time.
1: Right. So then it comes out when you're unhappy and you think you're really happy, it comes out very passive aggressive. It comes out in other ways because there's no way that anyone constantly happy.
0: Right. I, I totally agree. And so what you did by going to those classes and learning those things not only helped you, but is helping everybody around you. And that's what I love about that. When I always say radiating out, right? So when you learn these things or you're thinking more positively or being able to describe your feelings and if you're mad or you're sad, then be mad or sad, deal with the emotions, but don't stay there. Right. Don't 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 get stuck there (laughs) because that that's when you lead down that downward spiral that you were talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was I mean, that's I never thought about it all that way, but it is true. I just I had never learned how to acknowledge what I was feeling, deal with it and move on. I would pretend I'm happy and have these feelings that I had no idea what was going on and I couldn't figure them out and didn't even pay attention to what I truly was feeling. So it kind of left me in a (laughs) bit of a bind. Yeah.
0: So you went from feeling depressed and down, um, postpartum depression, excuse me, trying to be the perfect stay-at-home mom, perfect working mom. I've been in both situations. I know exactly what you're saying. There's a lot of social um, stigma sort of out there as moms. And I I know not everybody's a mom and they still have these same issues. um, But that's what I can relate to because I am. I became a mom when I was, you know, from 19 on. I've been doing this a long time. Um, And I, I know that, It's hard sometimes to get out of that little box that people put you in, and that's why you don't want to. That's why you go outside and you always have a smile. But then when you get inside your house and you feel totally empty, um, and like you're totally lost. Who who am I anymore? And what what you've done and why you sharing your story? You have going to help so many other people because then they know they're not alone. They know they're not alone in this. So you went from feeling very depressed and down to where you are right now with tools to be able to work at it. So do you feel like with the tools that you've gotten and what you've been through, that you feel better now? Like or do you feel like you're okay? And I mean that by saying, I know not every day is hunky dory and roses, but that you feel confident that when you do have those down times, that you can get yourself out of it.
1: Absolutely. Um, I feel like Again, yes, no, I still get irritable and stressed mm-hmm. and anxious. And I know, like, right now I'm moving and I've got all these things going on at the same time, which causes more anxiety. Yes. Yeah. But I also know, okay, well, I'm going to be anxious until I get our house moved, packed and unpacked. Like, that's just, I can tell myself. I feel much more self-aware and, you know, comfortable in my own skin. And there's things that I always would wish for, like, my daughters to feel that I realized, you know, I never really truly felt. Um And I'm able to recognize it and care for myself in a way that I never was able to uh in fact when I was going to these classes I was feeling better and then I had another you know it's a it's a cycle and I had another bit of feeling really really good and I was so upset because I'm like I thought I was feeling better and they they were explaining it's good that you, you know this is part of it right <laughs> you know like I'm gonna for the rest of my life I know I'm gonna have to deal and manage this but um but it's just the reality of like okay, then then hearing that that was okay, like no, this is okay, like you just do these things and you know work through this, and um it's been helpful, but just as far as i I feel not empowered, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like a different person, um I would think you again, feel like you have some
0: control over over yourself,
1: yeah, right, and, yeah and control I do. over
0: your situation, you know that you're not gonna get down that far again. Um, because you, you know what to do to get yourself. I always call it a funk. So, you know what to get yourself out of the funk. Some people's funk is way lower than others. (laughs) Other people's, but when whatever your funk is, is not good. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever right. level you're at is not a good feeling for anybody, but and I think a lot of people have this well i know I know they do, and I know that stay at home moms or working moms, the guilt that people feel the the perfect perfection you feel like you need to put on a a front for um I always call it older and wiser um because I know once I hit my mid twenties I started realizing uh this is not. Working and then when I was a stay-at-home mom at f- of four, I did have that downtime again. I absolutely did, and I did some of the things that you you're talking about. But I will tell you that check your facts to me. That is probably that is awesome advice. So anybody out yeah. there listening, if you tell yourself stories, check your facts. Yeah. And ask yourself if they're true. So um, okay, so we're running a little bit of time, but I wanted to ask you what would you tell somebody if they feel like they're going through this right now and they feel alone, which obviously guys, you're in girls, ladies, men, whoever you are, you're not because we just have been talking about it. But what would you tell them if they truly feel that way?
1: Um, I mean, I definitely am, a, you know, I would definitely recommend talking to a licensed therapist, yeah. <laughs> uh, because there's something, you know, they're licensed therapists that can help you on that level. Um, but I would, I mean, my biggest hope for people is to realize that it's not them. Like, like mental illness is not who they are, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, it's very difficult. I talked about that in the chapter that with anything, any other illness, people like can see it, like you get cancer, you break your leg or something where people tend to you and they understand that you are you have an illness that they need help with. It's the same thing for mental illness, but no one sees it. And so no one, there's a stigma around it. And it's in people, you know, I felt a ton of shame. And um, I didn't even ever want to tell anyone that I was depressed. I mean, I didn't, I went to those classes and I didn't even want to tell my friends and family. And like the few that I did, they were like, I want to go to that. That sounds yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I want a mom break, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I was, I felt so ashamed that people would look down on me. Like people aren't going to want to do business with me if they know I'm struggling with this. And to be honest, this is a, I'll make it a really quick story, but yeah. I finally started talking about depression and anxiety. And I remember, you know, I'm going to post it on my Facebook wall. And I was like, I don't, I just was afraid of the judgment. And it actually touched, you know, a woman, a woman saw my post and reached out to me and ended up joining my team because
0: I yeah. realized
1: like m- there are so many more people out there than you can realize and struggle with. Um, and that's one thing since I've started speaking about it openly, I get messages all the time from people who say that they struggle with this and that, you know, they just don't want to talk about it because it's embarrassing and there's shame around it and there just doesn't have to be because it's truly an illness and it needs to be tended to like any other illness and you're not alone um, and you can still, you can still do amazing things. I mean, I've struggled through this like some, I'm pretty, I mean, bad enough that I needed to go get classes and help for it and I was still... Functioning is that you know I was still building a business, I was still being a mom, I was still doing all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get through it, and if you get the proper help and take care of yourself, yeah. But I think the biggest the yeah. biggest thing about feeling that you're not alone that I mean clearly you're not alone.
0: Yeah, you're not alone in this. Oh, so many people are going through it, and you know reach out to somebody and let them know. So if anybody out there is feeling this way, whether you're a mom or not a mom, if you're overwhelmed, I and mean, people have businesses going on at the same time as they're trying to get through. Um, things emotionally inside whether it's depression whether it's postpartum depression or whatever it is anxiety it's not easy and I know for myself from being in those situations you do feel alone and you feel I I would describe it you know I used to describe it as feeling empty inside and that's just the way I would describe it because that's the way it felt to me was empty and it was a bad empty feeling like it just felt very uncomfortable but knowing that you can come out the other side and I love that you did mindfulness work. Mm-hmm. Um, started yeah. do the meditating. Just I wanted to tell you guys though that Melissa. So as she's going through all of this and raising children, she knew she had to you know take this time to get things going her for herself. And she is at the top one percent of her company. She is in network marketing. Um, what company are you with?
1: Monate. It's that anti aging here, Caroline.
0: Okay. So that's the, the yeah, I've, I know, I know what that one is. So where can they find you if they want more information about you or to reach out maybe about the book or, um, any other thing that you have going on?
1: Um, on Facebook, it's Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A Burns, B-Y-R-N-S, and then Swainy S-W-A-N-E-Y. Um, on Instagram, it's Melissa, my handle is Melissa Swainy. as just okay, Melissa Swainy. Um, I don't know if you want me to give email. I don't know what. Yeah. All so what need, I'll do is um, you things. have a website too, right? Um. Yeah. Okay. And what's your website? Um.
0: Okay. So, and I'll post all of this on the WSOS page under the. Um, graphic that you guys saw with Melissa's picture and also be on my page. This will be up on podcast this episode in in a few weeks. And you guys can re-listen to it, share it. Um, I highly, highly recommend the Mompreneur on Fire series. Um, Melissa's story is in number four. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it audible. and You can get it in the book form. So you've got all kinds of options for this one. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I will definitely be in touch. We will talk to
1: you soon. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All
0: right. Bye, Melissa. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, guys. So Melissa was awesome. Mompreneur on Fire 4 is an awesome book. We're going to listen to a short song and I'll be right back with Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. And welcome back to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. So that was Melissa Sweeney on the phone calling in, who is absolutely awesome. I'm so serious that that book has been inspiring me. Like um, I've been listening to it actually on Audible and it has been absolutely absolutely awesome. I just can't even say enough. I did a post the other day and when I was listening to it, you know I am the founder of Hopeful Handbags where we um donate once-loved handbags to women getting back on their feet again due to domestic violence and other detrimental situations. And the amount of stories of these women that have been through domestic violence, I was like, "Oh my gosh." Like What? I mean, I already knew that this was, this has gone way too far. And that it's way, way, way too common. However, these women are from all over the world that are in this book. And the fact that it's just this, these are the things that are going on. So anyway, you can see where this touched my my whole heart And then I listened to melissa's story and i totally related to that from being a stay-at-home mom of four And and being up and down we all have ebbs and flows feeling like I was depressed sometimes, you know and things like that and you know what that leads me to as well is so What do you do when you wake up in the morning and you're tired and you just don't even want to get out of bed? Now that does not happen to me very often Let me be honest some days though when I get overloaded with my brain And it's just one thing on top of the other I do and I don't like that feeling because That's not na I don't quote think that's natural for me. You know, those of you that know me know that My husband works nights. So (laughs) the weeks he's working, which is two or three weeks in a row sometimes, um, towards the end of that time, I get a little bit overdone because I'm, I'm running around, I'm doing everything. And then I have my business and then I have hopeful handbags, which I absolutely love everything I'm doing, but I'm still only one person. And so the tip I have for you, because this is what gets me going again is when I wake up and I'm tired, You know, my eyes open and I'm like, okay, it's time to get out of bed. I usually like to get up, do my workout, do my thing. I have to sit there and visualize. Visualizing is so, so important. Just like I talked about at the beginning about visualizing when I would visualize the bedroom and I would make it look like it was so luxurious when I was a single mom of two and just, oh, it was amazing. You have to visualize. Visualize before you get out of bed. Um, have something always that you're grateful for. And I say have something because sometimes we gotta plan ahead. Because, you know, when you're in that funk and you just you're trying to think of something you're grateful for and you're just like um i just don't even know right now <laughs> and you're looking around and you have a roof over your head you're in a you i'm thinking you know you're in a comfortable bed this is what the first thing that comes to my mind i'm in a comfortable bed so something must be great cuz i don't want to get out of it um, so that you know think about little things but always have a go to i talk about the go to vision and the 30 day self perception makeover super 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 important so that's one thing to do is have something that you're grateful for to think about and visualize the way that you'd like your day to go. Now it can be totally unrealistic. It does not even matter. It does not even matter. Okay. If you want to visualize yourself getting up out of bed, going downstairs or however you get out of your house and going out and sitting and getting in that car of your dreams and driving to wherever you want to drive to, visualize it. Okay, this is seriously like you totally totally change your energy vibrations and you will feel like little by little things rising. You'll start to feel those energies radiating out. You'll start to open your flow and I'm not kidding you people, like this really really works. So, when I feel like that, which luckily for me is not that often only because I have I've become a pretty good master about getting out of the funk. Um just because <laughs> That's what I do. And I also don't like to be in a funk. Just like Melissa was saying. I mean, there were days in my past where I I truly felt like I was depressed. And from the outside looking in, nobody would ever know it. You know, you you have a decent everybody has a decent job. I'm a stay at home mom with four kids. You know, everybody, I mean, you're driving decent cars, you're healthy, everybody. I mean, really? But then you feel empty inside. So that's also when you need to start that visualization. And I'm not saying it's just that simple, but I'm saying that's one tool that you absolutely, absolutely can use because everybody has downtimes. Everybody does. The trick is just make sure you don't stay there. And if you're in a downtime and you feel like there's nobody around, reach out to somebody. I mean, you know what, you can message me on Facebook and I'll get you to the right people. I mean, always, always, always know that there is somebody that cares and, and somebody that knows where you can get help and support. So absolutely, absolutely do that. So um, let, let me just talk about, we were talking about the visualization before. And I was talking about how I would I made my room look as luxurious as I could. And honestly, I would start visualizing that. Um, Another thing that I did is... So when I had... I had a full-time job and I had two part-time jobs. One was I was personal training, teaching aerobics and things like that. So I could have my gym membership and stay in shape and help women. And then the other thing was I used to clean houses on the weekends. And what I used to do in those houses, they were amazingly beautiful houses. And I used to um imagine myself cleaning my house. So I'd be cleaning these houses, imagine myself cleaning. And I, mean, I would just visualize all this stuff. So the houses would be on the ocean and I would imagine, oh, yeah. And and so those are the kind of things that you have to put into your life. Um If you have to work, right, because you need money, we all have to have money to live. What can you do? How can you change your mindset? Even if it makes really no sense on the surface, how can you change your mindset while you're there to absolutely love what you're doing? It's super, super important. Little tweaks in these kinds of things can make the world of difference in your life. So I wanna definitely bring that up. Another little tip I wanna give you before we have to go is let it go. How many times do we hear let it go? Frozen sings it all the time. And my granddaughter loves that movie. I could probably sing the song for you, but I'm not a singer. Um, but let it go. So, you know we harp on things and we sit there and just go over and over and over again about what was wrong with the situation. Yeah, if you're mad and you're sad and something didn't go right, fine. Be mad, be sad, do whatever you got to do, be annoyed, but then move on. You can't stay there, right? So it goes back to what we said, you can't stay there. So not if you want to be happy. You can stay there, but you're going to make yourself and everybody around you miserable. So let's just not do that. So have a go-to vision, something that really excites you. And if you're a person that's a realist and you like to think of, okay, well, that sounds crazy. I'm telling you, you need to try it it works every single time. So let me just ask Kathy, you, are you going to try that Kathy? Will you do that if you're in a downtime or do you ever visualize I, things? I you know, I th- was thinking I want to really try visualizing mm-hmm. more. because I I am a person who does have a tough time getting out of bed yeah. a lot of days. And I I think I want to visualize that and I think I want to visualize you were making me think that I I want to actually to help me visualize. I even want to start looking at, you know, Fitness literature again, yeah. Those magazines, things that inspire you. Help, help, help me visualize myself doing (laughs) those good things. Well, what I'd love to do. So one day, Kathy and I are going to do this, and I'm going to show you guys. So we have some um, vision board. We call it a vision board party. We have some things coming up that I'm going to be doing here locally um, with vision boards with some. Events, and that's another thing to do. There are certain ways you can do a vision board. Um, there's really no wrong way to do a vision board, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. If something inspires you, so Kathy, what I, what made me think about this was when you're looking through those magazines. If there's something that inspires you, mm-hmm. rip it out. Sure, put it on your refrigerator, put it in your room, put it behind your closet door. You know, wherever it is that you're going to see it, right? So if you go close the closet door to get dressed in the morning, mm-hmm. stick it there. Um, it just is a little bit of inspiration because when we are having those down times, or when we're doubting ourselves, like Melissa said, we have to catch it ahead of time and change it.
1: Yeah.
0: It's really important to yeah. do that. So I would suggest all of you do that let it go. Um, Also, hopeful handbags. We are spreading globally. If you would like to start hopeful handbags in your community, it's the hopeful handbags. It is about the handbags and the necessities that go inside. But quite honestly, this is all about raising awareness that domestic violence is not okay. And letting everybody know that there is help and support out there and it is free. You just have to reach out. And I'm not saying this is easy. Um, They'll even help you come up with a plan. Anyway, just know that there is help out there. So we need to raise awareness all over the world, all over the county, all over the United States and the other countries. So if you have any questions about that, you can find out more information on KathleenMiner.com slash Handbags. You can email me, message me, whatever you'd like to do. And um, thank you for joining me. And I will hear you next Wednesday on 103.9 WSOS, Ponte Vedra, Nocatee, and St. Augustine in Northeast Florida. And from Anywhere on saintaugustyradio.com. I will see you guys next week. Bye. My name is Kathleen Miner. I am founder and president of Hopeful Handbags, a global nonprofit 501c3 and charity organization. We give hope and support to women who have gone through domestic violence and other detrimental situations. It's time to raise awareness that domestic violence is not okay and that there is help and support all over the world. You can donate money, handbags, or necessities that will give hope to these amazing women. Never underestimate the power of hope. If you or your business would like to become a corporate or local sponsor, Anywhere in the world of hopeful handbags, please contact me at hopefulhandbags.org. That's hopeful, H O P E F U L L, or Kathleen Minor.com. And you too can give hope.